Pavo is a professional development platform designed to meet learners where they are by providing engaging learning experiences, peer learning opportunities, and coaching. We don't just teach you new concepts, we help you apply those concepts in your day-to-day -day work life. Welcome to Kavu's 16th Minute Podcast. I'm Rebecca Dobrinsky, the product owner for Kavu's content team and the host of the 16th Minute. At Kavu, we use the term 16th Minute for topics that come up during our 15-minute daily scrum but need more of a discussion. It's a great way to let your team know that you need a bit more clarification on something you're working on or simply need some time to talk through an idea. Let's get this episode 16th minute started. In this bonus episode, we welcome Graham Dufault from ACT, the App Association. We'll be diving into the legislation on deck for the fall legislative session that starts today. Get a peek into some of the things we don't always get to hear about with Congress and find out what you can do to get your voice heard in Washington, D.C. Graham Dufault is the Senior Director for Public Policy at ACT, the App Association representing thousands of mobile software makers and connected device companies in the app economy. Graham leads the App Association's legislative advocacy on issues including privacy, digital health, antitrust, intellectual property, and related issues. He has a JD with a concentration in communications law from George Mason and a bachelor's degree in economics from Emory University. Prior to joining the App Association, Graham was counsel for the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Welcome, Graham. It's great to be here with our friends at the App Association. Haven't seen y'all since the last legislative session. Well, it is good to be here, and thank you for having me. Looking forward to the discussion. All right. Well, let's do a quick wrap-up of the issues that we were all discussing at Global AppCon 22 in May. First, let's talk about what happens at events like AppCon and why they're important. Well, that's a great question. Uh, the App Association is similar to a lot of other trade groups in that we host uh, once a year, or as the case was in the last couple of years, a few times a year, uh, a set of meetings with our member companies and congressional staff, or if we're lucky enough, we'll get members of Congress and senators to join us. And so to, to run those events, you know, we try to get as many as we can in town. Uh, and we send out invites to everybody and anybody that we think in our membership is going to be really interested in the subject matter that we're set to discuss. And, you know, it's, for example, you know, we, in the last couple of years, we had digital health specific uh, fly-ins. And so that was sort of a self-selecting group of folks that really care about what Medicare is paying for and healthcare privacy and stuff like that. And AFCON 22, we really focused on uh, some of the stuff that Congress was working on at the time, still is working on um, dealing with competition and privacy and you know how that affects app stores and uh, digital markets generally. And so first thing we do is usually people fly in you know, the, uh, the night before and we'll all have dinner and we'll get caught up because uh, a lot of folks are frequent flyers. They come back, mm -hmm. um, hit a, a, a good number of new people uh, this year. And then the following morning we, is briefing day, and we talk a little bit. App Association staff gives a quick overview of what Congress is grappling with, um, what the issues are in, in the bills that they're considering, uh, a little bit of background on the congressional offices that we're going to meet with, and 
what they're focused on, what their role is in all of this. Mm-hmm. And then we, and then of course, you know, what I think is probably the most important part is getting member companies to sort of engage with the subject matter and think about how these proposed bills or these issues are going to affect their companies. And we try to make it a little bit like Kavu where you're engaging people and, and <laughs> uh, yeah, member company CEOs aren't getting glassy eyed going, I don't know what this has to do with me. Well, it just so happens that, you know, Global Avcon 22, you know, the, the stuff that we were talking about really does affect uh, pretty much everybody in this ecosystem. And, um, so it was really, uh, it was really fun to be able to talk about uh, how specific companies and how, uh, you know, our member companies are really thinking about um, the issues and how, how their businesses would be affected. Yeah, well, we've been discussing back in May the American Innovation and Choice Online Act and the Open App Markets Act. So whatever happened with those pieces of legislation? So both of those bills, uh, I would describe the sort of the posture of those bills as being kind of in limbo. Both of them were introduced sort of late 2021 or early 2022. And in the matter of a month or two, uh, a couple of months, they suddenly were the subject of a committee vote, Senate Senate Judiciary Committee. And that is very unusual for, for a big bill like the American Innovation and Choice Online Act, which uh, really makes huge changes to digital markets. Usually a big proposal like that takes a little bit of time to, to see like a big committee vote. And, and any, you know, any bill that's introduced in Congress, what you really want to see is the bill go to a legislative hearing where uh, whatever committee has jurisdiction, in this case, it's the Judiciary Committee, Senate Judiciary Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll have a hearing. They'll talk about all the issues that have witnesses that talk about you know, how the provisions would affect them or their member companies if they're a trade group like we are. And they kind of debate the pros and cons of each of the provisions. And uh, so they skipped that part and went right to a vote. And so well, for both bills, they made it through. And I think it was part of the reason they made it through is that I think the offices um, didn't have a great appreciation for sort of the breadth of the uh, consequences of the bills. Mm -hmm. And they saw that, you know, big tech companies like uh, Google and Twitter and Facebook had had issues and and opposed the bills. And they thought, well, that's a good reason to support the bills (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they're just not popular companies right now. And so it was a, um, for a lot of the, I mean, to the, to the credit of a lot of the members of the committee, what they did was they said, look, in principle, I like the idea of uh, enhancing competition on, on platforms like app stores or retail platforms or social media platforms. I like the idea of enhancing competition, but I have been hearing about a bunch of potential issues with the bills. And so I'm going to, I'm going to vote for it to go out of committee, but you can't count on my vote if it goes to a a vote on the Senate floor. And a lot of, a lot of senators said that that's part of the reason the bill um, is in limbo right now. It's uh, um, it's really hard for the majority leader, even if it's got a pretty strong vote out of the committee uh, supporting the bill to put it on the floor for a vote. When a lot of the senators that voted for it in committee said, I probably won't vote for it um, in its current form unless they deal with all of the privacy security issues that um, groups like ours have been raising. And so 
in limbo, I think is the short answer there. <laughs> no, but, this is yeah. really good information because I think a lot of times people don't really understand what happens. They know things get passed and people vote and people make promises yeah. that sometimes they don't keep. Right. But <laughs> I don't think they understand what that nitty gritty day-to-day situation is and the way Congress and the Senate work and how they work together as well. And they don't always necessarily work together, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, um, it's always interesting to watch the ebb and flow of the concept of compromise. Like uh, right now it feels like because we're really divided and there's a lot of vitriol on social media and all this stuff that um, uh, elected officials don't feel like they're being rewarded if they make a compromise and they come together to the middle <laughs> on something yeah. that makes it that makes it even harder than it usually is and so um, uh, you know with some of the things that we've been wanting to have happen like a big privacy bill uh, mm-hmm. it's been harder to get there uh, in part because you know forging compromises uh, not seen as being rewarded uh, super super well yeah, well, the fall legislative session actually opens today. So first, let's give them a quick shout out and welcome Congress back to Washington. Uh, welcome and- back. I wish you would stay home. I just, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. It's very, very busy suddenly, though. Um, so we've been talking about kind of the that view on the inside just a moment ago. But like from the outside, a lot of people just really wonder what can actually happen in Washington while at least a third of Congress is probably out campaigning for re-election. So for those who may not really know or fully understand, what typically happens when Congress reconvenes in the fall? Uh, That's a really good question. Um, With the election coming up, the uh, likelihood of any huge compromise on something fairly new is is pretty low, mm-hmm. but there are a couple of things that Congress just has to get done by the end of September, or at least extended. Uh, the government runs, the federal government runs out of funding at the end of September. Congress has to pass either a set of appropriations bills that would fund each of those federal agencies, or more likely, it will pass uh, what they refer to as a continuing resolution, which just keeps the funding levels as they are mm-hmm. and doesn't make any real substantive changes to the funding structure or to the funding amounts. That said, it's still a major uh, process and uh, debates debates get really ugly, even if what's at stake is a continuing resolution, because inevitably little ideas might get uh, tacked on to a continuing resolution. It just depends on what uh, the majority leader and minority leader are um, trying to accomplish, you know, and and what Mm -hmm. they think is possible and how they think it might, you know, help their chances going into November uh, election season. Uh, So funding the government, that's one thing. The other thing is um, there are other things that expire at the end of September, like um, the the Food and Drug Administration's ability to charge for user fees to uh, to review proposed medical devices mm-hmm. sounds like kind of a niche thing, but the fact that that authorization runs out at the, at the end of September means they have to do something about it. Yeah, and so now there's a big fight between the Senate and the House uh, going on, where they're trying to decide how they're going to reauthorize it, what changes they're going to make to those programs, 
and you know people that are in the digital health and and regular healthcare space are kind of watching that with bated breath and kind of wondering what's going to happen. And so that uh, they'll have to do something by the end of September. Yeah, otherwise, you're going to have to start furloughing and laying off uh, FDA employees, and nobody wants to see that happen. Yeah. Um, so those are a couple of things that have to be done. But in the meantime, there will be hearings. You know, there will be other you know committee activities. And and uh, on the Senate side, not on the House side, but only on the Senate side, there will be you know judge uh, federal judge nominees being confirmed, like mm-hmm. Ninth Circuit judges, uh, district court judges, just a variety of of federal judges that you'll see uh, going through and getting confirmed. So what legislation is the App Association keeping an eye on this fall? So this September, and, uh, you know, even after the election, we'll be watching this too. Um, A couple of things. Number one is privacy. We talked about that a little bit in May during the fly-in that we are really hopeful that Congress is able to come to a compromise and able mm-hmm. to come to, you know, a, a uh, an agreement on a federal privacy law, because right now we have five states so far that have adopted privacy laws of general applicability. So, um, not uh, not not healthcare providers and not schools, not financial institutions, but everybody else is under this sort of general, you know privacy regulatory framework Mm -hmm. uh, that California is now regulating, Utah, Virginia, Colorado, and now Connecticut. And those those states all have general privacy laws, but they differ a little bit. Mm -hmm. Virginia and Colorado are really close to each other, but they differ enough that you're going to have to come up with a compliance plan that complies with both. You can't just have one compliance plan and have it apply to uh, to both at the same time, you have to think about what those differences are. And that's really, really tough for small companies like our members. And so we would much rather see the federal government step in and regulate privacy across the country because uh, we've got a, real, a lot of real small companies, you know, three-person, six-person companies mm-hmm. uh, that um, aren't really, they don't have compliance departments. They're not really well-equipped to handle conflicts in the law. And the the real... The real annoying thing about these state laws is that like the conflicts between them, um, all the compliance costs that go into that don't do anything for consumers. They're just compliance costs. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you just have one set of rules, you're protecting consumers, you have a strong law, um, and you're not having to deal with conflicts. So we would love to see, you know, a, a framework on federal privacy, you know, move forward. I think it's unlikely, but... We just sent a letter yesterday urging mm-hmm. them to move forward and, you know, reiterating uh, four different points. Um, I was a, a witness in one of the committee hearings in June on privacy bill where we said, hey, we like a lot of the things that appear in this bill could be improved in five or six different ways. But it sure is better than having to deal with a bunch of state state laws that can flip. The other thing I would say that we're watching is um Medicare's coverage of telehealth. And okay. uh, during the pandemic, temporarily, the federal government decided that Medicare was going to cover, you know, virtual health care. Um, but uh, as soon as the public health emergency is over, and then a couple of months go by after that, uh, Medicare will no longer cover that. And mm. yes, Medicare only applies to 65 and older, but Medicare is a trillion dollars. 
and is extremely influential on all healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people don't people don't realize just just how important Medicare's decisions on coverage is to their ability to get access to care, uh, regardless of if they're you know Medicare beneficiaries or not. And uh, so there's a two year extension that the House passed, and we're really pushing on the Senate to to pass its own version of that. Yeah, that makes total sense. And telehealth is becoming such a big deal anyway. And you know the the whole thing with technology and privacy and all these things coming together. I can only imagine what having to deal with compliance with Kavu is going to be like if there are 50 compliance laws we have to figure out, not to mention those for our international members as well. So we're keeping a close eye on that and listening to what y'all are doing. And of course, you know, as members um, of the app association, we of course do our part on whenever we can to to help out and talk to our elected officials. I know our Alabama elected officials aren't always the easiest folks to do, but we definitely reach out and uh, and stay in touch with all of them. So, you know, we're talking about how Medicare affects lots of different decisions. Um, and so legislation in that instance, but even general tech legislation like privacy, like the app store uh, situation ends up affecting people's everyday lives. I mean, almost like unintended consequences. They're going after the companies to regulate, but then the consumers are affected as well. So when it comes to this kind of legislation and working with our elected officials, what can our listeners do and how can we help? Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that you could do. Um, you know, I used to work in a congressional office where I my job was to take in correspondence from from constituents. And it's funny working working in an office like that. A random person walking in off the street, um, you know, we would try to accommodate them or meet with them, or if they're a protester, mm-hmm. politely, you know, walk around them or something like that. But if they're a constituent. If they're from the state that we represent or the district that that we represent, uh, they're the most important person in the office because we mm-hmm. all work for them, you know, including the congressman or the senator that's, uh, you know, leading that office. I'm not sure if people kind of realize just just how uh, important they are to those offices uh, every day. You know, if you make a phone call uh, during the pandemic, it's been hard to have people there answering the phones at all times. But they put you to a recording and they say, you know, please leave a message. And, and you think, wow, well, that's not going to do anything. But that's that's not true. Um, <laughs> having having been in that role where my job was to report on how many how many of our constituents said X, Y, Z about issue A, B, C, mm-hmm. and then quoting, uh, you know, what people said, the offices um, take uh, that into account and, and weigh it really heavily. Mm-hmm. And so calling is still um, an effective way of getting through emailing you've got you go to the website you can you know click contact me and there's like the field where you write your message um, mm-hmm. that also goes into the the system called cat core or iq depending on the office it's a little uh, software platform that that organizes all of it and uh, these these members have to pay attention to it and they have to develop responses and they think uh, very carefully about what those responses are going to say because they know it's going to end up on somebody's website and 
stuff like that. So there's a lot of effort that goes into responding to you. If you're, if you are a constituent and you're weighing in on something that you, you know, you feel strongly about, or even a lot of like form letters of people, you know, uh, you'll get an email that says, Hey, do you feel strongly about this? Click here, weigh in. And it'll send a, a form letter. Even that makes an impact because it, that'll reach like 15 people or something like that. If you care enough about it to click a few times, then, uh, you know, those numbers really add up and uh, make a difference on whatever, you know, the representative or the senator's vote uh, or what they do next. So direct correspondence really, really does uh, make a difference. Um, if you're in the software business, you should, you should reach out to us too. Our website's actonline.org. And our membership team is really good about kind of describing what membership is like. Uh, membership is pretty scalable, right? It's, uh, mm -hmm. you can make, uh, you can kind of have your own experience. And, and if you want to be really engaged, you can do that don't want to be very engaged or you only want to engage on certain issues, then we accommodate all of those different, you know, levels of interest. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really cool because, uh, you know, if you want to be part of the fly-in or if you want to be part of, you know, some of our more ad hoc meetings where we host them on Zoom or something like that with congressional staff, then those those are opportunities too. And you talk directly with with people who are, you know, having to make these decisions or negotiate XYZ bill or uh, whatever the case might be. I mean, most of your listeners probably don't have to think about that stuff every day, but it is nice to have that opportunity and that uh, option. Mm -hmm. I was really kind of surprised when you said that when you do those form letters and people like, if you're, if you're important, just click here, sign your name and we'll get it to your representative. I've yeah. actually blown those off in the past. I really didn't think they were effective. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody has to read uh, the whole thing. And after the third or fourth or something like that, it's like, um, you don't have to read it every single time, but um, the numbers matter. <laughs> if you've okay. got like a hundred on one side and uh, 10 on the other side, then that uh, makes um, something of a difference in the conversation that, that the legislative team has with the member. Good to know. And I think that's yeah. going to be something that <laughs> You know, I mean, if move on sends me one more text message, I know. I mean, not I that know. it isn't good stuff, but I get a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's good to know it's valuable. It, yeah. And it's at yeah, least tallied. It's, it's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I, I was working uh, in a Senate office during the financial collapse in, in 2008. Mm -hmm. And I remember having to write some of the responses to constituents about that. And that was, we had 13,000 letters on it and it was wow. just, yeah, a lot of them were form letters, but um, I still remember that because it was just overwhelming and a lot of late nights. <laughs> yeah. And they, they cared enough to click. So, yeah. you know, cause I mean, clicking, especially in the app economy, clicking is half the battle. <laughs> clicking is half. I love that. <laughs> Looking is half the battle. It is. So we've covered a lot of stuff today, and I really, really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Is there anything we need to keep an eye on, or something we could, like a call to action, something that we could do right now that would help move things forward? Well, I do think um, a couple of those things we just talked about, uh, reaching out directly. Reach mm -hmm. out to us uh, if you're in the healthcare side of things. We have a connected health initiative, um, and getting involved with that is pretty easy as well. It's a mailing list, and you know you can be as involved as you want to. Um, 
we are, even though those those bills that we talked about in May are in limbo, uh, as as we discussed, there's still a possibility that that one of them could sneak through. And mm-hmm. so um, encourage folks to, to reach out, learn more about, you know, what it is that those those bills are supposed to do, what the unintended consequences might be and how they'd affect consumers and and uh, companies that are trying to do business and, and distribute through app stores. Uh, so that's a real that that's top of mind. And we're not out of the woods on that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if folks want to engage on that. Uh, be more than happy to to do that and uh, figure out a path on that. All right. Well, that's it for the 16th minute today. Thank you again, Graham, for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. I really appreciate it. So real quick for our listeners, if you have any questions or would like more information about the App Association, please visit actonline.org. They also have a podcast where they talk through all the things you just heard and more. It's called Tech Swamp and you can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can check out our blog post about Global AppCon 22 at kavu.co slash blog. As always, for more information about Kavu and our educational opportunities, please visit kavu.co. You can send comments and questions about the 16th minute to creators at kavu.co. Thanks for listening today. The 16th Minute is brought to you by our sponsor, Sagayo. Start your technology journey and transform your business with Sagayo's innovative business technology services. Visit sagayo.io today. This episode of the Kavu 16th Minute is brought to you by Kavu Benefit Corporation. The 16th Minute is hosted by Rebecca Dobrinsky and is produced by Melissa Blanchard. Audio production is done by Melissa Blanchard and Matteo Antello. The logo was created by Melissa Crochet. And our resident scrum master, Matteo Antello, keeps us all in line so we can bring you these episodes.